This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. There's been no end in sight to the debate around the upcoming live-action Little Mermaid, and it's all around the film's casting of a black actress. But here's the thing. The debate, the backlash, the never-ending nitpicking. It doesn't end there. The Amazon Prime series Rings of Power features black elves and hobbits, and HBO's Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, features a black actor who plays a rich and powerful character in the Seven Kingdoms. So what exactly is the criticism here in these fantasy shows about fantasy worlds where dragons and elves exist? Joining us now is pop culture connoisseur Ariane Nettles. She's also a journalism lecturer at Northwestern University's Medill School. Hi again, Ariane. Hi, Sasha. That song. Yeah. I mean, does it bring about memories for you? It does. It does. That was my favorite song to sing in my Little Mermaid-themed room. <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was, which is why it is so very ridiculous. Because as even as a little black girl, I had no problem having Ariel everywhere, right? I had, I even at my dad's house, I made him make the bathroom the Little Mermaid Little Mermaid themed? themed. Yeah, so this Love is a, a grown man with Little Mermaid towels. <laughs> All up in the bathroom, and he did it because I was that adamant that it needed to be done. You're right? A, you're a daddy's girl, so he yeah. was like, "Sure." <laughs> exactly. There was no fight about it. So, are you a big fantasy sci-fi fan? I am. I am. I try to be. I don't necessarily catch everything, but I think that there's something so beautiful in being able to kind of get out of this world that we live in, right? Like yeah. being able to kind of rest our minds, especially if you do work like we do in journalism, you want to be able to kind of go somewhere else. Um, and sometimes even outside of that, sometimes it's fun when you have to to kind of use fantasy to maybe make statements on the real, you know, the real world. But I mm -hmm. think that on both ends of that spectrum, just going into fantasy can be really great. Well, I mean, casting uh, Halle Bailey might be a statement in itself, right? I wonder what goes through your mind when you think about racial diversity yeah. in these fantasy films. Yeah, and you know what? I think that I, and I'm not, I'm usually not shocked by much, okay? I'm usually the person that is like, of course that happened. But I am even a little shocked by how much backlash Disney is getting for this one, only because, yeah. you know, I I kind of viewed this one from the start, from the initial announcement, literally as more of a blind casting approach more similar to what we see in theater, right? Mm -hmm. So a Hamilton where you can be anybody, right, to play these characters. Right. And director Rob Marshall has said in interviews that he was moved, literally moved to tears when he heard Halle sing that song that was just playing, right? When he her heard her sing incredible. it. It's incredible. We've it, also known for a while that she was casted for this yes, movie. And yes. it, it took years for, for us yeah. to see this, this trailer. So the the surprise element was kind of shocking exactly. to me that people were surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like she literally was the best person for the job. This is this is not a you know a let's just get a black Ariel in this in this situation, which I I guess could perhaps be argued for some for some shows. So for example, you know. Um, when you talk about games of the Game you know, of Thrones, Game of Thrones, right? Like that was some of the feedback that there wasn't much diversity in the cast. So it's not as surprising yeah. that in this prequel that there's a big focus on that. But this is not that, right? Yeah. This was literally 
A, we are going to do kind of that Cinderella, um, Brandy Cinderella approach where, you know, Brandy is black, she's a black Cinderella, and the prince is Asian, and you know, the the mom is black and the dad is white mm-hmm. and you can literally be anybody and exactly. the sisters can be anybody. And we can even see by like Ariel's sisters, her fellow, her mermaid sisters <laughs> casting, right? It's like anybody can be anything. Her exactly. dad. Well, well, let's talk about some of the more prominent arguments, mm-hmm. right? That we've been mm-hmm. hearing, you know, made against black mermaids or black elves. Um, it's not scientifically accurate for a sea creature like a mermaid to have darker skin. That's one. Or that's not the original (laughs) vision of the author. So I was going to ask you for your reaction to those, but you're already reacting. You're you're laughing. Why is that funny? I mean, it's funny for a lot of reasons. Well, the first reason is that, you know, um, racism evolves, right? Throughout the decades, we've seen racism change. We've seen it evolve. We've seen it become smarter in a way, Mm -hmm. right? And so you see people knowing that they just can't say, I do not want a black person to be a mermaid. I have to try to make up what I think is some type of... Creative ways to say... Right, right. How can can I bring in some science here, right? Um, And then the second thing that is funny is that a lot of times is that it's just so inaccurate, you know? And even when you think about the historical connections to um, fantasy, there are connections with African cultures just as much as there are with many other cultures, right? Like how many continents border a sea? So how many, you know, um, cultures will have ancient stories that are extremely similar? That's a good point. Um, And so, you know, Hans Christian Andersen was not the first person to think of this kind of story or this fable, right? And same with the other ones he's written, he kind of was one of the persons, one of the people who said, okay, I'm going to take this kind of fairy tale, this story that we are all saying, and I'm going to put my spin on it. But he's not the he's not the only person who's thought of a mermaid. Yeah. Well, we've got a listener who was so moved by this conversation, she decided to call us. So let's bring her on the line because she has some thoughts here on representation for, for kids. Here's Samina in Oak Park. Hi, Samina. Welcome to Reset. Hi, um, I teach classes in child development, and we talk about this concept of mirrors, windows, and sliding doors, that children, especially children of color, need to have mirrors in the library, right? Books that look like them, films that look like them, uh, but they also need windows into other people's lives. So it's just as important for white children to be reading books about black protagonists. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, this other phenomenon is called sliding doors. Children slide into fantasy worlds or imaginative worlds, and oftentimes those worlds are very white, right? If you think about the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, and there's somehow this resistance towards seeing fantasy space as a black and brown space. Um, And so it's really about getting us to look beyond just one type of representation in the world of fantasy, but to imagine multiple possibilities. And that's exactly what it is. It's an imaginative world, right? Mm-hmm. And it could be anything. Samina, such, such great points. Thank you so much for calling. 
You. And you know what? I did not open the phones, but let's do that. <laughs> if you've got other thoughts, uh, just like Sabina, please call us, 866-915-WBEZ. I'd love to hear what you've got to say about this because it's a topic that, that won't go away. What do you think, Ariane, about some of her points there? Yeah. She's a she's a teacher like you. Yeah, yeah. I I am so glad that she called in because um, the idea that yes, representation and what we might look like, right? That does matter, but it's not just about what I look like or what my children look like. It is also about making sure that my children have access to other people. You mm-hmm. know, you have you have talks about, for example, when we talk about like a city like Chicago that is so segregated, right? Where there are literally, you know, neighborhoods where you can be within a neighborhood and mostly only see people that look like yourselves and what you lose when you don't get to meet other Chicagoans, right? So if I, as a parent, I want my children, I want the kids I mentor, I want the other kids in my family who I love, um, I want them to know other people. I want them to be able to appreciate Mm -hmm. the great things about other people's cultures and what makes them amazing too right and so it's not always even like yes I want to make sure that that representation is about um, I want that improved representation on our side but also right we're all of our children are better when they can appreciate each other and kind of find all that commonality because even as an adult I found that whenever I have more and more friends who are totally different than me. Generally, I I often find that we have just so much more in similar that that's similar than than what's different. Absolutely. Well, I want to bring another voice into the conversation with us. Uh, Britt Julius is a culture journalist and music critic for the Chicago Tribune. Welcome back to the show, Britt. Hi, thank you for having me. So we were talking about some of these more prominent arguments uh, against black mermaids or black elves, right? People saying, you know, it's not scientifically accurate for a sea creature to be a mermaid and uh, or a sea creature like a mermaid, rather, to have darker skin. Do you think, Britt, that it makes more sense to cast film and TV in a way that reflects the creator's original ideas or in a way that reflects the world around us today? Like, which makes more sense to you? I personally think it makes more sense to cast um, film and TV in a way that not only like reflects um, you know the world around us today, but if we're talking specifically and um, about things that are fantasy driven, why do we need to sort of stick to the source material? Mm-hmm. You know, um, things are written in the book, but so much of what's being done through film, through television, is from the imagination of set designers, costume designers, the director, the cinematographer, all of those people, they didn't have some visual, you know, um, storyboard in terms of creating those specific worlds, unless they were sort of maybe, you know, creating something that was driven by a a graphic novel or graphic novel or a comic book, for example. Um, So, you know, they're oftentimes sort of taking from these stories that are largely written um, and they're creating these fantastical worlds, these fantastical visions um, in terms of what, you know, they can create for, for the film for the television show. Um, so it doesn't 
sort of makes sense to me to then be like, you know, we can kind of use our imagination for all of these other elements that we didn't have any sort of visual cues for, mm-hmm. except for when it comes to the actual characters themselves. We're talking about something like a little Little Mermaid, you know, the original version of the story did not say anything about a, you know, um, a lobster or a crab that had, uh, you know, a Jamaican accent, right? Yeah. <laughs> we sort of, you know, we interpreted that for the modern day version of the story that was created for Disney. And everyone was like, that's totally fine. That makes so much sense for us. So why are people sort of choosing to push back when it comes to this one particular instance? Awesome. Um, so that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Well, I want to touch on House of Dragons character, Lord Corliss Valerian. That's uh, played by Steve Toussaint, a black actor. Let's listen for for centuries, House Valarian had to scratch out an existence from the sea. When I ascended the Driftwood Throne, I knew what I wanted. So I went out and seized it. So, in an interview, he said fans, quote, are happy with a dragon flying. They're happy with white hair and violet-colored eyes. But a rich black guy, that's beyond the pale, end quote. What are your thoughts, Britt? I mean, yeah, I think it goes back to a larger issue where, you know, the people who are, in my opinion, who are the most upset about, um, you know, black actors or, or other actors of color being cast in these roles that maybe might have been thought of as traditionally white is that it's, they don't see us. Um, in these, you know, particular areas that aren't, you know, if it doesn't have anything to do with maybe like violence or strife or trauma, they can't imagine that anyone um, who isn't white could could actually sort of like live and embody these things in these particular types of stories. Um, and so that's where I really think like the, the root of this issue is, is that people don't want to actually say like, I don't really see your humanity. I don't actually um, see you or envision you or believe that you could actually embody these other types of stories mm-hmm. because I've already sort of pushed this particular narrative on you. And for a character like this, you know, it's an issue because they're like, wait a minute, like the only rich black people I know, or maybe, you know, in their minds, they're thinking of a, an athlete or um, someone in entertainment or things yes. like that. They don't actually have these other um, sort of, uh, um, you know, they can't identify or see people in those particular roles, even though they actually do exist, right? Yeah. You know, black people are not just, you know, rich black people, excuse me, are not just, you know, athletes, entertainers, entertainers, things like that. But because they don't actually believe in it, yeah. they don't see in it, they don't think that it's real. That's why when they see it in these other places, it sort of causes all of this, um, you know, anger. Yeah. And they respond in turn. So. Let's take one more quick call. Here's Jonah in Griffin, Indiana. Hey, Jonah. What are your thoughts? Hi. How's it going? Yeah. I completely agree with everything that's been said so far. You know, it's fantasy and it's make-believe and it's there for a reason so if a character is going to have a different skin color that's totally fine because at the end of the day it's all fantasy i'm a big fan of all of the shows that we've listed so far i play dungeons and dragons and all of the nerdy things Mm -hmm. and it's never a big deal if there's a character that has a different skin color if they're white brown black purple green blue it's fantasy. It's supposed to be fun and for the enjoyment. And at the end of the day, that's what everyone needs to remember that it's about. It's about enjoyment. Yeah, that's a great point, Jonah. Ariane, should we even be having these conversations in 2022? I think we shouldn't. I mean, the thing is, is that I think 
the best way to respond to that criticism is to just keep creating, keep doing it, because we know that the young people and the kids who are watching these shows and they this is going to be their new normal. And mm-hmm. I think to just keep creating, keep doing, you know, creators who are taking this into account and casting amazing, these amazing actors doing this great work to just keep doing that. Yeah. And that will be the norm. And there's nothing, you know, like Britt said, what can you do with that hate, right? There's nothing better than those reactions of the little kids that I've been seeing watching yeah. Ariel, yeah. looking at her and saying, oh my gosh, she's brown. She looks like she me. She looks like me. I love it. I love it. Britt, 30 seconds here, but what do you think needs to happen for us to just stop seeing this kind of backlash over diverse castings? Um, I I would agree um, with Ariana and say that, you know, just we just have to keep doing it, right? It's um, we have to keep doing it until people get used to it. And some people will probably never get used to it. But that doesn't mean that the art shouldn't be created. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't push the boundaries. That sh- doesn't mean that we shouldn't be inclusive. People are going to have to be a little bit uncomfortable um, when it comes to these stories, especially stories that they really grew up with and, and want to sort of keep in these particular boxes. But that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be done. Yeah. Amen. Britt Julius is a culture journalist and music critic for the Chicago Tribune. And Ariane Nettles is a journalism lecturer at Northwestern University's Medill School. Thank you both. Thank you. Thanks.